You're listening to Diverse City Podcast. Stay tuned to hear a powerful word from Pastor James. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. You are worthy to be praised. You're indescribable. You are awesome. You are holy. You are worthy of our praise. Lord, the word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. So we welcome you in this place. Let no one leave the same. For your word says that we can decree a thing and it shall be established. For your word says we can do all things through you who strengthen us. So Lord, I just thank you that you are the great I am, that the things that we need, that we're able to be able to receive it today. So Lord, if you're looking for hope, you can have it today. If you're looking for peace, you can have it today. If you're looking for joy, it is available today. If you're looking for provision, he said, I'll be your provider. If you're sick, in body. He said he will be a healer. When you feel like you're trapped, he said, I can make a way where it seems to be no way. So Lord, we pray in this moment that you have your way. Let it be manifested on earth, what you've designed to be done in heaven. So Lord, we thank you that you're not grading us on perfection, but we're perfect for what you have called us to do. So Lord, in this moment, we acknowledge that we do have issues We acknowledge that we're not there yet, but Lord, we thank you that you stick closer than a brother, that you're going to be with us from the beginning through the end. So we lift you up because you are a great God today. Have your way with this word. Bless this message in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the people of God say amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. The presence of God is in this place. Thank you. Praise and worship team. Awesome job. Shout out to all of my September birthdays. My birthday is in 21 days. Bam! I would love a vacation. We'll see what the Lord will do. So, at this time, let's go ahead and get started. If you could, go ahead and stand to your feet. We are continuing. It's my fault. Go ahead and locate Jonah chapter 1 and verse number 12, and we are going to read from the New Living Translation. So let's just take a quick moment right now. I'm going to ask you guys to pray for Pastor. Every time the weather starts to change, I start, my sinuses start acting up. I read the sign. I do not have a fever. Just want to make sure that's clear. I've taken it four times. I have not broken 99 degrees, but my, I do get a little bit lightheaded. We're just going to keep it real. I did lay in the bed for most of the day and just read and study the Word of God. So we'll be ready. But I'm kind of sad. I mean, no more 90 degrees. I know y'all been praying for fall weather. I'm a little disappointed. Yes, in my household, we like it warm 
365 days. So this is my third year in St. Louis. When we break out of the 90 degrees and when we break out the 70 degrees, my sinuses start to act up. But I've checked. My mom is a nurse. My wife is a she could be a nurse, but they've been taking care of me, so I've just been staying away from everybody just to make sure you don't start tripping. So let's take a moment, stretch your hands towards me, pray for pastor, because the only thing I really feel is I'll get a headache, and then also occasionally I just need to sit down. So let's just take 30 seconds to pray for pastor, and we're going to read our scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're with me in this moment. I thank you for your people that are interceding on your behalf, that nothing will stop, nothing will take away the word that you have for your people today. Lord, it's when the times where I feel weak, it's in the times where I feel like I'm not enough, it's during the times where I feel like I'm not capable. You show up, Lord, and when you show up, you show out. You come with grace, you come with mercy, you come with favor, and your people will come out for the better. They'll be changed. They'll be transformed. And we thank you, Lord, that your word will be great, that our ladder will be better than our fall, and that the people will receive with great expectations what you have prepared and laid on my heart. And all that agree in this place say amen. All right, on the count of three, let's read this word. Pick me up. Oh, I was supposed to count to three. My bad. One, two, three. Pick me up. And throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Before you sit down, look at somebody and say, Today is a great day to have a great day. You may be seated in the Lord's house in this place. I am so excited. Um, God has really just been showing me some things in the book of Jonah. If you've been here for part one and part two, make some noise real quick. All right. So I'll make sure, no judgment here. We'll take our time to catch you up because we are going into Jonah chapter three. And I'll make sure you understand from Jonah chapter one and Jonah chapter two because now we're getting ready to hit the main suspense in the book of Jonah. So as we get started, this is your last time for those that are online. Make sure you share. Make sure you start a watch party. And if this is your first time here, can you just give me a wave real quick? Any new, new first time? All right. We got one man in the house. Thank you for coming out. We appreciate you coming here. I pray that you experience God's presence and God's love as it was demonstrated through these people. Um, we believe that you are not here by accident, but God has a specific word assigned for you in a day such as this. September 6, 2020, I believe you will receive and experience God's people and his word. Amen. Amen. You're welcome. So, Jonah. We hear that it starts off, just to give you a recap, Jonah chapter 1, as we start the message, it begins with Jonah's detour. Say Jonah's detour. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God said, go. Jonah said, no. God said, oh, I got something for you. Because when we try to make a detour, God can continue to work things out. 
out of all of the prophets in the Old Testament, the nickname for Jonah is the reluctant prophet. Because he's not, he, when we hear scriptures, minor prophets, major prophets, Jonah is the one that's called out the most because when God told him to do something, he said, I can't do it. I can't handle it. He is the reluctant prophet. And so when God gives a word, it becomes to a decision point. God will send a speedboat. He'll send a cruise ship. He may send you a kayak. And the devil will send one to send you the other way. God will tell you to go north. The devil will tell you to go south. He'll put flowers around it. He'll make it look better. God may tell you to go east. And the devil may say, follow Kanye West. I'm sorry, kayak, kayak West. I'm sorry, that slipped out. The wrong way where we have to be able to monitor. We have to be fully aware that God sits high, but he looks low. And I am grateful as we take communion today that God's blood reaches to the highest place. But if we can really be honest, our people in St. Louis, our people online, that God grabbed us when we were going the wrong way. And the next we saw as Jonah went the wrong way, fleeing the opposite direction, as he begins to make his detour, the next thing we saw in chapter 1, we saw Jonah's disobedience. Say disobedience. I know it's not something we like to talk about in church. And yes, God is a God of love. God is a God of grace. But we can be disobedient. And then we see as Jonah's disobedience, it continues to fall on those that are around them. So we have to be careful as people of God about who's on our boat with us. Is the storm a God's design storm or is the storm that we're facing is because we're hanging with the wrong crowd? So then, yep, you can clap for that. It is going to get rough in a minute. Let me just put that down. So disobedience. Jonah is tripping. Jonah comes to the point and say, it's my fault. Throw me in the water. I'm checking out. I don't care what God has designed for me. And then we see Jonah gets thrown into the belly of the fish. And as we discussed last week is what do you do in the dark when you can't see? What do you do in the dark when God forces you to take a fast? Not willingly. Three days he's hungry. Three days he's in the belly of the fish. And we see God's providence. It looks like punishment, but it's God's protection. It is God's providence. And in the middle of the fish, it is not a place of punishment, but it's where God renews. It's when God redeems. And it's when we regain our desire for him. All in chapter 1, Jonah doesn't pray, but in chapter 2, we see Jonah's desperation. He's hungry for God. You can put that up there, desperation. He begins to cry out. He said, I've been reluctant, I've been disobedient, but now I'm desperate for you. I've been able to renew my passion. I understand I should have died, but you sent a uber fish to take me right where I need to be. He's desperate. He's in a bad situation. And the devil, what he tries to do when we're desperate is to try to tell us when we're in a bad place, we can't pray. 
He tries to tell us when we're in a bad situation, there's condemnation on our life. He tries to tell us all of these things, and that is bad theology. That is false doctrine. It doesn't take a long prayer. All you got to say is, I need your help. Anybody in here need God help in 2020? Come on. I don't care if you're drowning. I don't care if you're suffocating. I don't care if you hit rock bottom. God, if you cry out to him, we can get his attention. But here's the thing. When we're desperate, the Bible tells us he will not put new wine into old wineskin. So what does that mean? God has to break us. When we're desperate, we got to be broken. And for those that are praying for revival, those that are praying to see God move in their life, the greater the anointing, the greater the breaking. Greater the anointing, the greater the breaking. So we see things, whether it's on the pulpit, we see a million followers, we see great businesses, we see great ministers, and we can be envious and we can want those things. But the thing is, you may see the glory, but you don't know the story. Desperation. God will break you. God will have to show you, Norman, mercy. And so we see, as we finish with part two, we saw Jonah's devotion. He was in a bad spot. And then he begins to pray passionately. He begins to pray with emotion. He begins to pray from his heart. And what happens is we are, we are specific in our worry and we pray shallow prayers. And God is saying when you have the devotion, you got to pray the word of God. You got to trust him. You got to believe him. You want to see God's example. So Jonah, while he went through a detour, while he stuck in disobedience, while he stuck in desperation, Jonah's devotion, the Bible tells us, if you can go to Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, and we're also going to look at verse 3 as we continue. It says, then, after he prayed, after he called out, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. And then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. So today, we're going to talk about what do you do when God gives you another chance? Second chance would just be too light. I'm on like chance 38 for ministry. Second chance, we know y'all ain't out to say when God gives you another chance. So the first thing that sticks out to me, we see Jonah's future. We see your future. We see my future. We see our future. That God is not coming to punish us. That God is not mad that we messed up before. That the word of the Lord is still going forth. The question is, are we positioning ourselves to hear it? We're not living in the Old Testament. We don't need a prophet to talk to us. But we have the Holy Spirit that will give us promptings and will show us. And you can feel it which way to go and which way not to go. God is still speaking to his people. Somebody say, speak, Lord. 
He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you. The Bible says, once has I spoken, twice has I heard thee. He can bring confirmation. If you thought you heard the Lord, it's no problem to ask him, Lord, speak to me a second time because I thought I was going to get married to this person and things. I want to make sure. I thought I should take this job. Can you speak one more time? I want to make sure I don't miss, I don't mess up my future. So we have to stop and we have to pause. In 2020, I know all that we have been through, but God wants to speak to you. We need to hear from his heart. We need to see that God can speak again. Despite You feel disqualified. You thought because you had a child at this age that his word will not work for you. You thought based on your education level that his word will not work for you. God said, go back. The word is still working. Go back. I know your first marriage didn't go out well. Go back. Just because you had a few dramatic, crazy Off the chain chapters, those make the best books. Can I get a witness? So, I would say it like this. See, your past is proof that Satan tried to destroy you. But your present is proof that Satan has failed. Again, your past is proof that Satan tried to destroy you, but your present is proof that he failed. He missed. He couldn't touch you. Never mind. I'm done. So when we go on, what we see in verse number three, this is when it gets crazy. It says, then Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. See, Jonah And the more I read, whether it's encyclopedia and reading historians, the Bible tells us that it was over about 600,000 people in the city of Nineveh. Yes, we've talked about them having the strongest military, but they also had a great 
business and commercial district. And just like Jonah, just like the people of Nineveh needed a revival, God needs a revival in America. I see what we're posting. I see what we're saying. If you believe God can give a revival to America, say amen. But before God brings revival to America, God has to bring revival to Missouri. Before God brings revival to Missouri, God has to bring revival to St. Louis. Before God brings revival to St. Louis, God has to bring revival to DCC. Before God brings revival to DCC, God has to bring revival in me, in you, in all of us. We can cry out, we can continue to point the fingers, but God says he has to do it through you first. That nothing happens through you if it doesn't happen to you. If God hasn't changed your heart, how is he going to change the city? If God hasn't changed our mind, how is he going to change our state? If God hasn't changed our mind, how can he change America? So the question is, where's your heart? How's your heart? How's it feeling after this year? Do you still believe? Do you still think it's possible? The word says in verse number four, on the day of Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's it. I'm kind of jealous. Eight-word sermon. All this time I'm studying and preparing. That's all he did. No stories, no three-point message, no Greek, no Hebrew, no statistics. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. I'm sure he said it with a smirk on his face. I'm sure he said it and laughed. He said nothing else. He walked through the city and said, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. No discipleship. See, our message, when I get from Jonah, yes, we should preach with urgency. Yes, when we win souls, we should be able to show empathy. Jonah speaks with authenticity. Jonah speaks clear. Jonah speaks with conviction. And Jonah shows up being in a fish. The gastric juices have bleached his skin. They're looking at him and like, who is this guy? He's looking crazy and he's saying, we're all about to die. See, whatever, we, when we look at our life and we look at the obstacles and the things that we've experienced, God wants to use it as an opportunity to tell a story. See, when we look at the city of Nineveh, God gave a layup to Jonah. Because when you study Nineveh, when you look at the root word, it means house of fish. It's almost, they serve the God called Dagon, D-A-G-O-N. It's almost like a male version of mermaid. And Jonah shows up and says, hey, I got a fish story for you. You won't believe this. I'm going to show up. He's looking all crazy. And he tells them, I got a story for you. Here's the problem with Jonah. While he was obedient, Jonah was not 
happy. I want to talk to a few people that's like Jonah, where you've left the building. Jonah has fleed the scene. This is the book of Jonah. In the rest of the chapter, he's gone. He did what he had to do. He checked his box of servitude and ministry, and he is gone. He has fulfilled his ministry obligations. He has served, and for the rest of the chapter, not one word. Jonah's not interested in discipling them. Jonah's not interested in starting a small group. Jonah does not care about their salvation or their sanctification. And you can be, we can all come to a place where we can come to church, but we never enter the building. You've served. You've done your job. You've praised the Lord. You gave. And we treat it like our job. Where we come in late, Jonah shows up after three days, no call, no show, does his job, and check out. And that's the risk that we all have in ministry. You can go to the next one. So, as we look here, the question is, do you have the heart of Jonah? We see Jonah's heart. He's obedient, but he doesn't care. Jonah does not have a heart for the people. Jonah should have been judged, but God showed him grace and mercy. And Jonah is not willing to give that grace and mercy to other people. Jonah, during this period, is hurting. He's upset. He's mad. You can come to church. You can serve, but your heart is not in the church. You're upset, you're frustrated, or you've said, you know what, I ain't coming to church anymore. I don't have health challenges, but I don't want to be there. And God's presence is the only thing. We know it brings healing. We know it brings peace. But Jonah has established a callous on his heart. He is reluctant. He is frustrated. And we've said, I love God but I don't want to have an intimate relationship right now. I love God, but I don't want you to touch my wounds. I love God. It hurts so much, but I just need a break. I need some time. I don't want to speak to you. I'm frustrated. In our heart, is it healthy? And is it broken? Or can we talk about it? God is saying, it's not enough for us to be obedient. But God wants your heart. Can I go deeper? Let me be Dr. James, and I'll take a break. I got a question. Who's having a heart attack? Woo! 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 Nah, 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 I'm good. Woo! Shoot. Ah. 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 I almost had the heart attack. Jesus. Woo. Woo. Lord. Ah. 
I've read your charts. <laughs> I've looked at your history. Are you having a heart attack? When you spend your time in the presence of God, is your heart heavy? Is your left arm hurting, which leads to your heart? Have you been sweating? Have you been vomiting? Does it feel like an elephant is sitting on your chest? Do you feel tired and fatigued about 2020? And God is saying, if you answer yes to any of those five, you are having a spiritual heart attack. Your vitals are all jacked up, and your heart is hurting. See, in the belly of a fish, God can fix your spirit. But God has not done work on your heart yet. I know you're saved. I know you're serving. But how's your heart? After all you've been through, this is not an indictment on anyone's salvation. But God is saying, if you can't, you can't fix it if you don't face it. I can't deliver you if you continue to remain in denial. Tell me a little bit more about this year. You expect it more. To my high schooler that didn't go to their junior prom, and now this year, you didn't go to your senior prom. To my young adults, that have been taken out student loans and you finally graduated. For, more. for those that thought they were getting a promotion this year and now the CEO has asked everyone to take a 10% cut because we need to save jobs. You're having a heart attack. I was supposed to get married this summer. Do you know how much time I spent for planning and investing? And I bought all of this stuff, and they're saying we can't do it. And you're hurting, and you're mad, and you're saying, God, what's going on? Your business, you were expecting it to blow up, and now your calendar is empty. And you're in a place when you're not caring. And when you're not caring anymore, you stop feeling. A part of the Christian walk is not only having our head tight, our spirit tight, but God wants to deal with your heart. What do you say to one of our deacons when in the last four years they've lost 30 members of their family? I can't even spiritualize that situation. And I'm not going to come up and say, well, the Bible says, though you slay me, yet will I trust him. You're having a heart attack. See, what happens is when we go to verse number five, we think that everything is cool because Jonah has done his assignment. The Bible says the people of Nineveh believe God's message. See, you can be dealing with your own issues, and God can still use you. 
And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put burlap to show their sorrow. Verse number six. Let's get through these next three real quick. And when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. And he dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Verse number seven. Then the king and his nobles sent the decree throughout the city that no one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. These were the craziest people, and now they're recommitting back to God. Verse number 8, and it says, The people and even the animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. And they must turn from their evil ways and stop all of their violence. So we see Jonah's message that God uses him. Verse, yeah, point number three, Jonah's message. It was pretty pathetic. It was a heartless message, but God was able to use the message. Jonah led the greatest revival in the Bible All 600,000 people, even the animals, everybody went on a fast, and they began to cry out to God. And God is saying there may be people that you can't stand. You think they don't deserve the love of Christ. And God is trying to tell you that no one is beyond God's reach. You will be surprised with the people that you see in heaven. So the question is, who are you ministering to? Has the quarantine silenced your voice? Has the quarantine caused you to just create more drama versus preaching the gospel? Who are you ministering to? Who have you talked to to share your story and to share the gospel God needs you. God is counting on you in such a time as this that hearts are warm, that they're ready to hear. And it may not be comfortable, but we have to stop putting all the pressure on us. God is saying, just speak my word. See, here's the thing. There's an uncomfortable truth where we need to tell people if you keep doing this is not going to end well. See, the most unloving thing that we can do is see a train coming and not to tell somebody to get out of the way. How many people, yeah, do you see right now where it's not Jonah's message, but it's your message. And you're worried for the perfect time. And God is just saying, share your heart. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to get it right. But you're perfect for what God has designed for you to do. Your message. We can't shut down during this time. We got to show people that are shut down, that this is our time where we dig in. This is our time where we share. This is our time where we minister the word of God, and we can't keep turning it down. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And we're waiting 
for things to line up, and we're waiting for things to go. And God is saying, share your message. Share your message. Share your story. Help reach people. The train is on the way. The storm is on the way. And you, I hope they figure it out. Who are you sharing the gospel to? Praise team, come up. Jonah's message, your message. God wants to fix your heart. The Bible goes on in verse number nine, and it says, who can tell, perhaps yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. And then in verse number 10, it says, when God saw that they had done, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he will change his mind and did not carry out destruction he had threatened. There are trains, there are storms that are on the way. And if you begin to share your message, God is going to change their mind. God is going to be able to show you that God is a God of a second chance. See, when you study the book of Jonah, it shows so many different types and shadows. God of a second chance. See, in Jonah chapter 1, God gave the sailors a second chance. Remember how we taught? It said they cried out to their God. And when they were able to see that Jonah's God was the real God, God began to restore them in the storm calm. Jonah chapter 2, we see Jonah, God giving Jonah another chance. And then Jonah chapter 3, God gives Nineveh a second chance. Because when we cry out, God will answer. See the story, yes, God will answer. See this story is about God, a great God that has a great love for all of us. And there's a few people that needs to hear this. And you're sitting on your story. You're sitting on your gifts. That one man can make a difference. I'm only up here because one youth pastor would not let me go. One youth pastor that picked me up from the bottom, that picked me up with my braids in my hair and my earrings and all of my issues and all of my challenges. And he said, I see something on the inside of you. And see, here's the thing. When we look at 2 Peter, while Jonah is upset, while Jonah is frustrated, the gospel says the Lord is slow to do what he promised that God will wait on you. He will be patient for you. He will take his time to get you in a position to do as some think. Instead, he is patient with you because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants all to turn away from their sins. In the King James, it talks about that he doesn't want any man to perish, but your message just like Jonah, you may say they deserve it. And God is saying he doesn't want anybody to perish. See, our spirit, we have a spirit. 
We have a spirit which will be with God forever. We have a soul which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body. See, in Jonah chapter 1, God is dealing with Jonah's flesh. In Jonah chapter 2, God is dealing with Jonah's spirit. But in Jonah chapter 3 and 4, God is dealing with his soul, his mind, his thoughts, his ideas, the way he chooses. So maybe you're having a heart attack, but God wants to know today in 2020, after all you've been through, how's your soul? How's your soul? How's your mind? How's your will? How's your emotions through all of this? Are you agitated? Do you feel hopeless? Do you feel flighty? Or if we can be honest, you just may be tired. And it's not a vacation that's going to fix it. It's not more work or less work. But it takes a surrendered heart to God. But I got good news to tell you. When you cry out to him, he's not too far away. See, I believe the word of the Lord, as we finish up this year, God wants to get our soul right. The Bible said Jesus didn't come to just give us life, but life more abundantly. Matter of fact, he says that we can prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prosper. For Mark, I think it's Mark 8, and he says, what good is it? For someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul. See, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to make bad choices. But God wants to fix our heart and soul today. So you may say, how do you fix it? The Bible tells us in Psalms 103, we fix our soul when we bless the Lord Oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Our soul is longing for worship. Our soul is longing for him. Let everything that has what? Breath. Praise the Lord. See, we give God our breath our breath in our lungs, when we give him praise. I do not want anybody in here to leave this place not having your soul right. We begin to worship, we begin to honor him, and we begin to praise him when we worship him. If you feel like today, while you're dealing with another chance, but you're dealing with a heart attack, I'm going to ask for you to stand to your feet right now. I need to know who are the people that are having challenges in your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you're tired. Yes, there are people standing all over this place. But the message... 
cannot fix your soul, but it comes from you worshiping him. I'm going to ask for you in this moment to just surrender to God. Praise team, sing. And I'm going to ask you to worship the Lord in this place. Begin to speak to him, begin to talk to him, and he's going to be able to restore your soul. I'm believing God to restore the joy of your salvation. He's to be able to show you that you're not too far away from him. Let's sing praise to him. Hallelujah. You made a way. Come on. Testimony. Don't know how 
Don't know how 